Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Paul Arnold, and tonight we come to you with another masterclass. Yes, I know, there's another whole thing on YouTube that you can pay money to be taught how to do all sorts of things, even basket weaving. But no, this is your free masterclass from Pardon the Confusion, and joined by Ernest Watts and Chris Daniel, tonight's topic is the best NFL lineup of the 2010s. And with every masterclass, I try to give the listener a sense of our understanding of the sport or what we like about the sport. And so I have a segment called This or That NFL Style. So it's a forced choice game, guys. So I give you quick choices and you give me quick answers and then we can talk about it later. So Ernest, you ready? Ready. Fire away. Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football? Now Sunday Night Football. Free NFL helmet, Chiefs or Chargers? Chargers. Nice. Go to dinner with Tom Brady or J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt. Uh, Good a, answer. A stadium trip to Chicago Soldier Field or Denver Mile High Stadium? Uh, well, it depends. Will it really be Mile High when I get there? I've been to... Short <laughs> answer, <laughs> sir. Right. The rules. Short right. answer. Mile High, Mile High, Mile High. That's right. That's right. All right. Color guy, Troy Aikman or Tony Romo? Oof. Uh, Aikman. Arrive at the game 30 minutes early or an hour early? <laughs> Two hours early. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on the board, sir. All right, okay, last one is a draft expert, Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay? Uh, I like Kuyper and his hair. All right, you Baltimore, know the way it works. Baltimore We're guy. moving on to Chris. Chris, Monday night football or Sunday night football? <sighs> Overall, Monday night football. All right, free NFL helmet, Chiefs or Chargers? Uh, Chargers. Go to dinner with Brady or J.J. Watt? Oh, J.J. Watt. Stadium trip, Chicago or Denver? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what was the first one? Chicago? Chicago, that waddling town. Uh, you know, I go to Chicago just because I haven't Short been there. Short answer, but, sir. Because I, I'm sorry, Chicago. Color guy, Troy Aikman or Tony Romo? Tony. Arrive at the game 30 minutes or an hour early? Hour. Draft expert, Kuiper or McShay? Kuiper. Getting ready for this podcast, I'll just tell you my preference. Uh, I prefer Sunday night football because Monday night I'm too wiped out from work. Uh, free NFL helmet, I got to go with the Chargers as well. Dinner, Brady, I'm a Michigan fan. Uh, I want to go Denver Mile High. I want to color guy Aikman. I want to get the game at least an hour early. And give me McShay. I can't take Kuiper anymore. All right, one of those questions do you want to talk about, Ernest? Explain yourself. Oh, my. I, I mean, Kuiper's done it for so long. He started out in his basement room. I, I really respect it. I mean, he owns his mistakes. You know, McShay's more of a NFL news guy. He kind of spreads himself out the entire year. This is the only thing Kuiper does 360 No, he does a, a radio year. show, too. And what does he talk about in the radio show? The draft. Oh, and other I mean, stuff, too. Well, yeah, but he, he's the draft. I mean, I just respect – he's done it for 30 years, and I just respect what he's done. All right, Chris, explain one of your questions. you got a couple minutes here. So I am a Denver transplant, so I did not pick Denver because I have had the opportunity to go to Denver uh, Stadium – so that's why I picked Chicago because I've never been there. So Denver is a, an awesome stadium. Uh, I'd love to be there for a playoff atmosphere or a Super Bowl, uh, something that Carolina has never experienced. Uh, Chicago, I think that'd be a fun environment. I've been to Detroit, and the indoors doesn't – I don't really like it that much. So I, I would love to see you know, maybe a December or January game in Chicago. That would be a fun, fun time. Have you been in Chicago in December and you want to be <laughs> outside? Uh, I ha- I mean it's 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 not enjoyable, but if you're if if you're prepared, yeah. It's, I mean you just got to be ready to go. All right, guys, let's no. get to the NFL lineup for the 2010s. I've promoted it. I've wanted it. Here we go. Okay. I've researched right. it. I've looked on NFL.com, SI, uh, Bleacher Report, and even uh, Sporting News. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go position by position, made a little simpler. And I'm gonna go each one of you, so each one of us can make our pick the first. So, Ernest, you are always ready with information. 
Who is your best cornerback that would you would on in the last ten years? I would say Richard Sherman. I agree. So, what made him the best in your opinion? I think the fact that he's come back from from knee surgery. I think he's led two teams to the Super Bowl, Seattle twice, and with Frisco. I mean, he, he's. And actually, he played wide receiver when he started at Stanford University and was converted over to the cornerback. He's a tall, and nowadays with the tall wide receivers, you need a tall, rangy. A lot of people talk about his tackling ability is not the best of oral, but I heard the same thing about Deion Sanders, who to me is the greatest cornerback of all time. And so, the ability, he's, he, mm -hmm. the length, the duration of his career. And I'd have Patrick Peterson maybe second. He'd mm -hmm. be my other corner. Yeah. But that's that's my two. That's I go with, with with Richard Sherman. Sure thing, Hall of Famer, both of them. Yeah, yeah. The way they they had everybody in the NFL Hall of NFL Hall of Fame is not that picky. So yeah, they'll <laughs> they'll let any. I mean, they let eight guys in a year. So yeah, they're both in, no doubt. Yeah, Chris, did you think the same thing? I did not. I actually thought Pat Peterson was the top cornerback and I just want to preface every one of these picks with there's a slim margin between each one of these um, so it's picking a you know 1a and 1b it's it's so close but uh, yeah Richard Sherman was my number two uh, Pat Pat Peterson was num my number one and that's because he's been you know an eight-time pro bowler he he picks up the number one wide receiver more times than uh, Richard Sherman, and then it's just I think Richard Sherman is is getting a little bit more accolades because he's he was on the quote Legion of Boom uh, than Pat Peterson. So that's that's the only thing I have. But I mean, it's one A one B. But who leads in interceptions for that ten year period? Mm. Well, if if you know if you get thrown to because you're less talented than yes oh. uh richard sherman he might be in a division where there's a lot of passing quarterback yeah well oh your pick we, we we've taken some your valuable time <laughs> that's all right i can listen to you guys um i think peterson gets a lot of credit playing on the cardinals i think he has to be the man and sherman benefits a lot from beyond the legion of doom even though i see that angle i still go with sherman sherman's leadership and his intensity has made it easier for other players on the team just to do their job. Sherman will say the things that need to be said. He'll get in people's face. Um, he doesn't back down. He he has more impact than just on the field. And I think it's hard to list more than these two guys. And I think most people would recognize Richard Sherman before they'd recognize Patrick Peterson. So I'm going to go with Richard Sherman as well. So we're going to go on to safety now. And Chris, well, you, you know, Oh. You, you know, somebody we didn't mention who at the beginning of this decade would have had it thumbs down, Revis Island. Yeah, but he's getting long in the tooth this last several, I mean, yeah. the 2010. So that's why. Yeah, the, the front of the decade, he would have had it. But, the, you know, and this is a position that you don't see a lot of guys past 30 like we see with Sherman able to be able to have that same level of, of competition. Chris, you got the first choice for safety. Again, it's 1A, 1B, uh, but my top is Earl Thomas with the Seahawks and the Ravens. Um, I don't know. It's just... Uh, he's got seven Pro Bowls. I, I just think he dominates that defense and he, he just, he, he is a statement player for that defense. And, and I think, you know, they let him go, whether it's be personal reasons or, or what salary cap, but, you know, I think he found a home in, in the Ravens. And I, I think they're very defense off, uh, a focused team. So uh, I think he had a great, great season last year, even though he's getting up and up in age, but, um, Earl Thomas would be my pick. All right, Ernest. I think there's somebody else you could make an argument for. Who else would that be for that position? Well, let me say, this decade, we probably had some of the best safeties in the time in the NFL in a 10-year period. When you look at Eric Weddle and Harrison Smith, 
and, and McCourtney, Devin McCourtney, or Malcolm Jenkins, or Eric Berry, but as much as this pains me, <laughs> with the second amount of interceptions for this decade, and with the second number of interceptions re returned for touchdowns this decade, I'll have to go with Earl Thomas. The Legion of Boom! I agree. I think Earl Thomas was the best, and he's been a little mouthy the last couple of years, complaining and has shown himself on the field a little bit, you know, like complaining about this or making gestures. Or He did not take it very well when the Seahawks were ready to let him go. He could not see it as business only. He It was very personal to him. I think Eric Berry has a great story. I think he has meant a lot to the Chiefs, comeback player of the year after cancer. I mean, um, there's a lot of great things about Eric Berry, but I think that it was the Seahawks that got the – I mean, it was Thomas and the Legion of Boom that got the Seahawks really where they needed to be. And I'm going to be the next one to tell my first pick for the linebackers. And Ernest, I really should have given this to you. But I looked at all the numbers. I can't name Bobby Wagner as the best linebacker this last decade with the Seahawks. I can't uh, give it David Levante either. It's got to be Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley, I think you could say... He falls in line with Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher. He just is a, a he just changes the game. He's so smart. He got to where he needed to go. He was rated first in Pro Bowls, All Pros, interceptions, so many different things during his career. And boy, if it wasn't for his health and getting those concussions, who knows how long he would play? But he made an impact that very few people really have. And I don't know if. I know Ernest will not disagree with that. I'll go next to Chris. Chris, do you have anybody else you would put in that category? I, I was trying to find anyone during my research besides Luke Keekley because I knew uh, Ernest would pick him just to have a, a you know some sort of fight. There's nobody. I mean, nobody that comes close to Luke. Just his intelligence, his his leadership, everything. And, I mean, I, I normally had one or two players, like a 1A, 1B on this. I have no one behind uh, Luke on this one. It was just, it was so, it was so dominant with, with Luke and. Um, Bromance. Yeah. Bromance. I, well, I mean, don't, you know, it is what it is. Don't, don't, <laughs> you know, don't, <laughs> I'm not ashamed about it. Well, I know okay? Travis Greer and Ernest both have uh, jerseys of Luke Keekley. So, Ernest, I'll, I know you could go a whole hour just on Luke, but it, take about three or four minutes just on Luke. Again, you you talked about some of the numbers, and they're just they're, that worldly. We talk about during the decade, Ed Linebacker had the most appearances in the Pro Bowl, most All-Pros, most interceptions, most pass de passes defended, second solo tackles, second in against the run tackles, First in combined tackles, again, he is not only the best linebacker of the decade, in my mind, he's the best decade ever. I mean, to the point that I have Ooh. been truly blessed to see two athletes in my lifetime compete, which are untouchable. And one is Michael Jordan, the other is Luke Keekley. Wow, better than Buckus, Singletary, Lewis, and Erlach? Yes. Remember, Buckus never played in the playoff game. Buckus had a relatively short career nine years i mean to a certain extent jack lambert and ray nitschke are kind of competitive at the same level with those linebackers but uh no no the fact that he could stop the run and he could uh because they played the tampa two he was able to drop back and deep center field and defend the pass he he, he was able to do all things you require as a linebacker. He had no weaknesses other than concussions. Which is amazing, which is amazing. All right, Ernest, you get to pick the next position, which is defensive linemen. And, yes, we could have broken down the positions from being interior and exterior, but just to make it simpler because we're going to try to get the offensive all team too, who's your defensive lineman for the 2000s? Tens, I, I look at who has duration, who is a game changer, who makes offensive change their strategy, 
And my close second is J.J. Watt, but I'm going to have to go with Aaron Donald of the Rams. Even though he only played half the decade. Yeah, even though he played only half the decade. J.J. Watt has had injury concerns the last three years. And even though he's got three more years playing experience on Aaron, Aaron Donald changes game plans. Teams refuse to run on him. And I got to see him play as a college player at Pittsburgh. And to me, there was nothing special, but he was able to elevate his game. I mean, it's close. And if J.J. White Watt was a little bit more healthy and dependable, I would pick him. But I've got to go, and I know you both of you will go in a different direction, but i got to go with, and I've always had an affinity for the interior linemen. Because a lot of outside rush defensive ends or what they, you know, stand-up linebacker and a 3-4 really use speed, and they're more of a pass rush than a defender on the run. McDonald is an equal defender on the run and on the pass play. And he's more of a, has more of a complete game than J.J. Watt to me. Now Chris, we're going to let Chris destroy Chris, my what do you think? Do you think he's crazy? Is there another player from Denver that you might think gets a mention? <sighs> Again, you know, being so close to Denver, there's one that, that I can think of, but there's actually only one person on my list, and that person is Aaron Donald. And you know how much I hate to agree with Ernest on anything. I love to disagree with him, but honestly, Luke Keekley and Aaron Donald were the only people on my list. And I just, I hate, I, it, it, it hurt me to know that I was going to agree with Ernest on Luke Keekley and then to find out he was going to love Aaron Donald as much. No, Aaron Donald is a, is a game changer. And I think he's one of the only game changers on defense uh, in this game right now. And he, he, he's just so dominant. Again, teams change their, their scheme against him just because of how prolific and how dominant he is against the line. So uh, there's, there's a couple of guys up there, but uh, I think it's Chris, one and Chris maybe three. Ernest. You guys are so focused on what you've done for me lately. JJ Watt. Yes. He's, he's been injured hurt. lately. He, Listen, he gets wait. hurt. Listen, I'll edit you out, buddy. Um, <laughs> he's one of two players in history to win three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's hit the quarterback 264 times. He has a tackles for loss 158. He's second in sacks for 96. Yes, Aaron Donald's an awesome player. But just look at the fact that J.J. Watts come back and back and back from injuries. And then... Exactly. On top of that, you, what no, he's done, exactly. what he's done outside the field, also plays in a little bit to me. Even if you just took his field alone, his first six years, I think you got to go with J.J. Watt. He makes a huge difference. And look what's happened to the Rams this last year. They had lots of injuries. People figured how to work around Aaron Donald. I think he's a great player, but it's too early. I think he could be the next this new decade's uh, player of the year. It's too early to give him that award. But, Chris, you can talk all you want. You get to pick the next category, which is quarterback. Yes, I said quarterback, the pretty boy position. Chris, who did you pick if we didn't know? Uh, I would love to say anybody but this person, but he has all the stats. He has all the championships. He has it all. Your best-looking quarterback of you of the decade mr tom brady he is a michigan alumni which doesn't hurt him by any means but it's just the fact that he is in his late late 30s mid mid to late 30s during this decade and winning not only winning super bowls but dominating during this decade it's just it's astounding of what he what he has done to the quarterback position, I think he's revolutionized. Is that a word? That's a new uh, word. Revolutionized. That's a new word. Congratulations. <laughs> Re- <laughs> revolutionized uh, the position, and I think the, the NFL has actually changed the game because of him, with regards to how they are protecting the quarterback and how uh, how they're protecting the quarterback. 
So Tom Brady is my uh, unfortunate but decade player for the quarterback position. Wow, that's like giving the Oscar award, you know, the Oscar to somebody thing. I really don't want to give it to you. I'm sorry you're so good. Uh, That's right. Are we just too tough on Brady? Why aren't we more happy that Brady was the best quarterback the last 10 years? Well, you know, it's it's a natural tendency. We get tired of guys who win, especially in the young, good-looking, and have very attractive wives. You know, the, the amazing thing is, you know, he led to three NFL rule changes. The tuck rule, yeah. you can't hit below the knees anymore, and you have to make sure the football is fully inflated <laughs> from here on out. So anytime they change rules for you, it's like Jabbar in, in basketball. You, hey, here's the grass. you got to give it to him. There's no more close. I mean, there's people going to argue for Breeze and for Rodgers, but no, it's, it's you know, this is the easiest thing. Anybody who picks someone else is subject to a urine test, I really do believe. I mean, he's the best. You may not like him, but you have to, now, you know, a lot of people, there are people standing by to watch him flop at Tampa Bay, and I'm probably one of them, but uh, he's the best of the decade, and he's the best all time. That hurts, but he is. Well, I figured we'd all say Brady, so I have quick stories about Brady uh, trivia. If you think you knew Brady before, you might know him better now. Uh, Dammy, uh, Dammy, Danny Amadola, there's a new word for you there, Chris. Once said that Brady broke a ping pong paddle after losing to Amendola in a game. Brock Heward said Brady threw a backgammon game across the room when he lost. Heward also said that Brady once gave his teammates a pep talk to make sure they wouldn't lose to a group from a local fireman in a charity game. Um, and when Brady came to Michigan, he was the seventh quarterback on their uh, starting list as a freshman, so he hired a sports psychologist. And when Brady got in for the first time when Brew, once again, I'm tired, Drew Bledsoe went down. Brady told the offensive lineman, there's no effing way Bledsoe's getting his job back. So, man. You remember who hit Bledsoe? I Who lacerated his kidney? Ryan Cox, who would later become defensive line coach for the Patriots. Wow. Now, now here's our trivia. You know this when some of them set you up. Who kept Brady on the bench at Michigan? And don't say the coach. It ain't his fault. Drew Henson. But Yes. And, well, he shared with Brian uh, Greasy, didn't he, his junior year? Him and Greasy, his junior year, didn't yep. they share the position? Yep. yep. And a little known trivia, if you want to order a knockoff Michigan championship football ring from their championship, the ring that you'll get knocked off is Greasy's ring. All right, our next position is running back, and I get the choice first. And this was sort of a tough one. Um, you know, some people would say Mashan Lynch, the beast, beast mode, uh, made such a big impact. Other people would say LaShawn McCoy had a really good decade, but I go back to Adrian Peterson. Um, the guy has overcome so many injuries, he's won uh, so many awards, he keeps on going. He's already rushed for 14,000 rushing yards, and he keeps on coming back. And when he was at his best with Minnesota, that was a game changer. So I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson. Chris, any comment about that? you agree with that? So Marshawn Lynch was actually not even on my list, although he was the beast. I had AP and I had LaShawn McCoy. Uh, but actually LaShawn McCoy was at my one, one a, and just because he had more rushing yards from scrimmage, uh, during that decade with 13,923, sorry, I did some research, uh, versus Peterson with 11,135. So we don't need to go into how deep I went into this research. Uh, but you're welcome. I know you know how to use Google now. Thank, congratulations. <laughs> no, I just think uh, McCoy. Okay, Peterson is, I think, a top running back for the ages. I, I think he's 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 put a stamp on the NFL. But McCoy, if we're just talking about the the nine or ten years that you know was the decade, he was at his peak. And there's there's not a lot of players that can say that they were at their peak 
during that time. And I thought LaShawn McCoy did that and he did it well and he peaked during the decade and no one else can say that uh, in the running back position. So that's my pick. Ernest, bring some sanity to our conversation. Two-time rushing champion, 2012 MVP. You know how I always say running backs can't exist past age 30. He's done it. I got to go with AP, Adrian Peterson. McCoy has a Super Bowl ring now because he was deactivated for the Super Bowl, but he just never was that dominant player. Ezekiel Elliott had a couple years but didn't have the duration of the decade. He just came in too late. AP's it. I mean, he's he's the only running back besides Jim Brown and Barry Sanders to average more than six yards per carry in a single season. Way to go, Ernest. That's why I like you so much. Just keep on confirming my picks. I appreciate that. Okay. Right. That's, that's, hey. No one likes you, Paul. No one likes you. <laughs> All right, Ernest, you get to make our pick, first pick for wide receiver. Uh, Julio Jones. Uh, I mean, without a doubt. Again, he changed the way defenses structured. The teams in the NFC South all tried to get tall cornerbacks to try to handle him. I mean, he's slowing down a little bit, but he's all pro. He's one of those rare running backs, which lasted past age 30 and still dominant. I mean, statistically, people talk Antonio Brown. His last year's kind of negated that. It's, it's you know, Julio Jones' career surpasses Randy Moss and what he was able to do. So Julio Jones, without a doubt. Chris, do you agree? Listen... So I rooted for the Browns growing. Well, all right, let me, let me back up. So I was, I was born in Tampa, Florida and my, my, my parents grew, you know, I grew up as a Tampa fan, not to go into too many details, but I'm a, I'm from a divorced family. I don't want to go into too many details, but uh, you know, it happened. If you want to reach out to me, my number is three, three, Oh, three, six, zero, seven, two, six, one, nine. Um, from there, I went to a Cleveland Browns fan, probably the worst fan base, not fan base, the worst team of all time. From there, I moved to Detroit Lions, uh, second worst team of all time to root for. I met a wonderful woman, and she she had she has been a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> So the minute I, I, I met her, I loved her, and I could finally attach myself to the Steelers, I, I did. I do not like this player. I do not like this person. Say it, Chris. Say it, Chris. But, but, but he is the best player of the decade. Antonio Brown. Thank you, Grandpa best. Simpson, for that rambling story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh all right, Chris. We're gonna have to have the talk off offline. Yeah, well, I agree with okay. you, Chris. I think if you look at the whole decade and not just the last year, Antonio Brown yeah. had Antonio the most Brown. catches, the touchdowns, and I think as good as Julio Jones is, he just the last couple of years I've tried to keep him on my fantasy team. I know Ernest hates to hear that, and teams kept on shutting him down so much. He still has a great impact, and he might be the most talented. You could even make a case that Calvin Johnson for the Lions is in that same vein, where is the most talented player out there. But the question is, who had the best decade? I think if you answer it, who had the best decade statistically? You got to go with Antonio Brown. If you're saying who was the best player skill-wise, I think Julio Jones or Calvin Johnson may go above Antonio Brown. Do you agree with that, Ernest? Julio, I gotta go with. I mean, I stick with. He's from the South. What are you gonna expect? I mean, I see him at least two times a year. I've just seen how statistics. To me, I measure a guy in what defenses have to alter to do that. I mean, Antonio's great, but the last two years we've seen he's not reliable. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him on my kids' 
uh, middle school team. He's well, you should not reliable. He's he's an adult, and he shouldn't be on a middle school team. He shouldn't be around small children. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> or females for that matter. I mean, <laughs> when did you no, start I, taking he, things he, literally on the show? I'm sorry. <laughs> just, 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 well, no, no, I, at least I didn't talk about AP switching his kids. Oh gosh, we are. I mean, again, Antonio Brown, I think as much as the scheme the Steelers had, and I think the other receivers and the tight ends, I think, again, I know he was a numbers guy. He had to have the ball. Julio Jones didn't have to be a threat. He just had to be on the field. He didn't have to catch the ball to threaten the defense. Mm -hmm. Similar how, again, I'm going to go back to Dion again because Dion's one of the top three players all-time in the NFL. Dion never had to make a tackle or, you know, make an interception, but he changed with offense. He took half the field away. The same thing with Julio. He took half the field away from the defense. They had to concentrate on his side of the field, and that freed up some pretty mediocre wide receivers the Falcons had. Listen, I hate the Falcons, and I'm tired of Julio Jones running up and down the field on my team. Sounds like it. But Sounds like it. Again, he was the dominant wide receiver of the decade to me. All right. Chris, you get the next pick for tight end, and I think this is like the quarterback pick. Uh, um, yeah. I think you really have to do a brain strain to get this. Who would be the best tight end in the 2010s? Yeah. Uh, this is a millennial, millennial choice, uh, but Gronkowski really just changed – changed the position and how he played the game. He was not a, a blocking tight end and he really changed how tight ends are perceived. He was a third wide out, but not only that, but he, he was a middle of the field wide receiver and just a big back that no linebacker could cover him. And it just, just such a dominant player. So I'm going to go with uh, Gronkowski. Ernest, is there anybody even close could we oh, see? no, there's not. I mean, I, and, and uh, I'll throw it to Chris in that respect. He is correct. Gronk revolutionized the position, similar to what Mike did, did in the 60s. Before the 60s, wide receivers weren't, I mean, tight ends weren't thrown to. How about Tony Gonzalez, though? Before Ditka, though, in the 60s. Uh, Gonzalez was on his reputation the last two, three years of his career. He was just holding on to the Falcons. Gronk revolutionized the position because he was one of the first tight ends to be split up as a wide receiver. No, he wasn't a blocker. But when they had him and Aaron Hernandez, that was the best tight end combination. That's really when you started to see the two tight ends set. And New England started that more than any other team as two pass-catching tight ends. I know you usually have a blocking tight end, a pass-receiving tight end, but he was such a weapon with his size and his speed, his range of catching. Again, that was a big problem this year for New England. They missed him so much on the field. Gronk revolutionized the sport. Yeah, Gronk. I mean, there's no two, three, four, five. That's it. Mm -hmm. Is Gronk, number, he's the best, second best, third best, fourth best, fifth best tight end of this decade. I totally agree. And we're going to move on. I have picked for the best offensive lineman. And Chris, you can appreciate my answer. It takes a special player to play for the Cleveland Browns. Yep, it takes it a special does. player to go to the Browns and excel. It takes a special player not to complain and just rip them apart. And so Joe Thomas, because of his play on the field and the way he handled himself, is my offensive lineman for the 2010s. I mean, made the all-pro team every year. Um, played with other players that were subpar, which meant he had to do a lot. Um, and so I'm going to make it short and sweet. I'm going to pick Joe Thomas of the Browns. Ernest, who do you think? Oh, man, there's some great offensive linemen. Joe Staley, Jason Peters, Maurice Pouncey, uh, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. I mean, the, the Cowboys offensive line this decade has been one of the historically best of all time. But I got to go with Joe Thomas. The ability to do that on a pretty terrible team all these years. Seven all-pro bids. Uh, I mean, again, he's he's dominant to that extent. I don't think there's anybody close to the extent. Again, there was some great offensive linemen this decade, but he stands out. And Chris, you have to agree, right? I do. If you would have picked anyone else, I would have probably uh, 
drop this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he did. I, I honestly wish Joe. Yes, we are in first name basis. <laughs> you and Joe. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a I sitcom next year. I would. <laughs> yeah. I wish he would have got traded somewhere late in his career to a, a championship caliber team. Uh, but he, he is a, he, he, he's an all decade, if not all century, you know, offensive lineman. I just, I feel bad that he played for the Browns <laughs> with during the decade that they, he played there. Uh, I wish he actually played there now. I think he would have been uh, a great addition to the team. And I think he would have, uh, you know, been a great addition to the team, but what do you care? You're a Steelers it, fan now, right? I agree with, but I agree, but I just, I want competition, right? You know? And if there, if it's not good competition, it's just, it's just crap. Pardon my French, but I am French. Uh, yeah, he, he was, he's a great player. There's no one else above him. Mm-hmm. Ernest, you get the pick, the kicker. And we had a little texting going on <laughs> beforehand that you thought, We'd be talking about one particular kicker, but I think after you did your research, you know who has to be the kicker for the decade. Well, I I really wanted to give it to Vinatieri, but Justin Tucker really has done it for the Ravens. I mean, Vinatieri, for the period of time, I mean, he's 44 years old. He's still kicking. He took two teams to the Super Bowl with his kicking. He won the the famed uh, tuck rule game against the Raiders. But Justin Tucker has just been, except for one missed extra point that put New Orleans in, in the playoffs two years ago, uh, Justin Tucker has just been fundamentally the best. And he's been able to kick distance in that respect. So close second to Vinatieri, even though last year he really was showing the age, Justin Tucker the Rave, of the Ravens gets the best kicker. That period, right? And he made nine. He's made ninety percent of his career field goal attempts. That's crazy. And I know Chris agrees. I can just feel it through the vibes through the Skype call. So, Chris, I'm going to go to utility player for you. Is there somebody that you'd want on the team that we haven't covered somewhere else, or as a utility player, kick returner, punt returner, whatever? Uh you know, you're throwing me on the spot here because we had 10 players. <laughs> All right. Well, let me and go to my backup very, No, player. no, no. I have, I'm ready because I'm a professional. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, Cordell Patterson for the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Bears because I'm a professional. I know these things. Uh, <laughs> as a kick returner, I, I thought he was the most dominant uh, kick returner. But I agree. Tucker was ultimately the best and. Again, when we talked, we, we were texting. I was like in shock that Ernest was even mentioning anyone else. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if we had to mention anyone else in a special teams capacity, I would say I would say uh, Cordell Patterson for uh, the multiple teams that he was with, most most prevalent with the Vikings. All right, nice pick. Uh, Ernest, do you have any Thank you. people that you would pick? If you're talking about someone who was able to do multifaceted things, Darren Sproles nice. was a little running back with the Chargers and the Eagles, and he could always come off the bench. He was a third down back. He could rush the ball. Darren Sproles would be my pick. I mean, that's kind of out of left field, but that's the first person I thought of. You know left field pretty well, Ernest, so good job. Yes. Um, yes. My pick is Devin Hester. Uh, All pro, pro bowler for kick return. Crazy, right? And he had 19 career return touchdowns, and he led the league in kickoff returns. And it was always dangerous, especially when I was rooting for the Lions when they played the Bears, that that would happen. So we've talked about the best players during the 2010s, but I'm going to bring up some the most disappointing draft picks in the 2010s. And Ernest and Chris, I'm going to give you a chance to see how much you know your disappointing draft picks. And before you give up, I might have been one of them. Go ahead. (laughs) All right, here is the first one. In 2012, Cleveland, Chris, picked a running back from Alabama. Do you remember his name? Uh, His name 
Uh, Initials TR. Me, they traded him. Yeah, uh, they traded him to the uh, Colts. Yes. Um, uh, uh, that's all you need to know. He's not. He's now in the XFL. You burned it out of your memories. I can tell. That's true. Trent Richardson. Ugh. And they took him above Luke Keekley, Fletcher Cox, and Russell Wilson. Sorry to put that's, alcohol that's on your wounds. Browns, that's a good Browns pick, by the way. <laughs> All right, Ernest. In 2013, this guy was picked 16th in the 2013 NFL Draft as a quarterback and was a horrendous player for this team. He was picked above Andre Hopkins, Le'Veon Bell, and Travis Kelsey. I don't get any initials. Uh, E.M. E.M. Quarterback. I should say E.J.M. E.J.M. Oh, Manuel. Yeah, E.J.M. Manuel. Right. And he was a complete flop. So, folks, you know, they can do all the research and everything, and it still won't work out. Guys, do you predict there will be an NFL draft like they're talking about, or do you think they'll totally wipe it out after all? Ernest? Zoom. They're going to do it on Zoom. I think, and they may, it's three nights of live sports telecasting. So they're going to do it. I mean, to the extent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I will tell you, I'm 99, 9% sure they will do it. I am more sure of the draft than the season starting on time. Mm-hmm. And the number one pick will be Joe Burrow? Yeah, I don't think any doubt. Uh, I know a lot of people want the, the defensive end from Ohio State, and I think if the Redskins will probably be better off Chase getting Young. him. Yeah, I think Chase Young is probably the most talented player. Uh, Okuna, the, the cornerback, I think the Lions will do well to pick him up. Did you say Akuna Matata? Is that what you said? No, no, no. Jeff. That's, uh, that's, uh, what, that's what the Lions need is, is a lot of good faith. <laughs> yeah. No Curtis, worries. They're, they're, talking about, they're talking about Detroit trading that pick to Miami so Miami can get Tua. That's Ernest. In the ground. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Fire away. You just did, but do, do another one. So Go you ahead. said your number one pick was Joe Burrell. Yes. Which I don't disagree with. I think he is – going to be the number one pick in the draft. And as it stands, they are going to Cincinnati. Is who, Do you think they're going to go Cincinnati, or do you think he is going to go to anywhere else? In the, if you had to pick Cincinnati versus the field, who are you picking? He's going Cincinnati. I don't think Oof. there's a draft pick. I mean, that they've pretty much you got an Ohio kid. You've got a kid that, I mean, they don't really have you, – you're rebuilding – the team uh coach taylor there his offense is very similar to what lsu did so i think he'll 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 be starting at least by the fifth game if not the first game of the season hopefully when the season starts but no doubt i mean i would i would take the kid from ohio state because stand-up defensive ends i mean to the extent i think he's better than bosa i think he's a better player than bosa and i think redskins defense is pretty good I think they'll fit in. I think that's a division where any team in the NFC East can make a couple pickups. Because remember, you had a team win with a nine and seven record. Now the Dallas will be better because they've actually got a coach that does more than clap his hands. But I think that's a division <laughs> that any one of those four teams, including the Giants, if you add the right talent to the draft, can win the division. I think that's the easiest division to win. In the NFL right now. There you go. And that leaves Tonight, Detroit Tonight. trading away their number three pick because they need more than one player. So I think Detroit definitely is going to allow somebody else to, like Miami, to get to uh, in number three. Did you say Detroit needs more than one player? That sounds pretty obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that Thank sounds you. like they need, Thank you. They need I about Captain three obvious or here. four players. I wouldn't be shocked that Detroit trades their pick to New England. Ooh, because of the connections there, huh? Well, I, that's I a hot pick. I, there's a lot. No team has no pun more, more picks <laughs> than the Patriots. And if you want to fill in with a lot of second round and third round picks, they have enough to give in, trade in, and then you can get somebody to kind of learn the Patriot system. Oh, this is the Saban conspiracy that Belichick and Saban 
our best buddies. And this way, Patriots get Tua with number three I don't pick. know if it would be Tua. I think the kid from Oregon is probably your best pro I'm not. I'm not sold on Tua. He has a low arm angle. He's had hip injuries. And how many quarterbacks we've seen with hip injuries really flame out? I'm not a big Tua fan. He's relatively short. He's six foot tall. I mean, I know we're looking at what the Cardinals and the Ravens were able to do with running quarterbacks who don't throw the traditional way. But I, li- I like the kid from Oregon. He's 6'5", 220. He's got a rocket for a gun arm. I mean, to me, he's he's the the best physical talent at quarterback. He's, you know, he sounds like someone familiar in Carolina. I can't put my finger on it. Ernest, can you put? I, I can't. He's not quite like Cam. He's got. Oh, oh, that's his name, up. Cam. Cam Newton. Yeah. How how did he work out? Yeah, but all right until he got injured. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> just good. One never, Super Bowl got obliterated in the Super Bowl. Well, no. Three uh, NFL championship games. I mean, again, congratulations. Congratulations. The last question for tonight is, can you think of anybody, a bigger hype and bigger disappointment of the 2010s than Johnny football, Johnny Manziel? When was Tebow drafted? Uh, I don't know. Great question. I think he was in the, in the 2010s. I I agree. I, I, you know, Manziel, I think it was early 2010 because I moved here in 2017 and uh, uh, Manning got here. He he won a Super Bowl about 2015. And so I think Tebow was 2013, somewhere maybe 2012, somewhere around there. So I think that is the biggest flame out of the NFL. He did win a playoff game. We he did. First, first Heisman to win a playoff game in the last – I don't know, 20, 25 years. You're, you're exactly right. And Roger Staubach so, maybe have been the one before that, huh? Yeah. Tebow was drafted in 2010. So that, that puts him in the decade, right? Yeah. I mean, Manziel, there was, there was, he came out early. Remember that he was a junior. Uh, there were questions about his height. He never really, except for about four or five games with the Browns, and again, that was you know that team was a train wreck at that time. I mean, it's just the the turnover in coaches and offensive coordinators, and people can blame the Browns, but he's been a train wreck in the Canadian Football League. He was a train wreck in the uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the I even forgot the league we had last year already. Uh, the uh, what was the league that we had last year? That's, oh, American League of Football uh, Dumbness. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alf, Alf, whatever it was, but no, he flamed out and that he was the third string quarterback for the Memphis franchise. So Tebow got so much hype, even though everybody was a little concerned about it. And he, he could, I'd have to go with Tebow. I'm sorry. Uh, I think Manziel because Tebow people thought he couldn't, people thought the coaches weren't giving him a fair shot because of his slow delivery. But Manziel was such a brash talker and wanted all the attention. Um, I think his flame out and some of his personal lifestyle choices, I'll put it that way, didn't help his story or helped him get on the headlines. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody can turn around their life. Look at Ryan Leaf now. Ryan Leaf bombed out so many different ways, and now he's doing commentary for ESPN, seems to have his life together. All right, guys, we're up on time again. I'll give you one good minute each. Ernest, what's your final good minute? Uh, we've all missed the NCAAs. Uh, I, of course, myself. So I have a recommendation for those of you who are basketball jonesing at this time. John Feinstein has a hit and miss kind of record, but I just finished his latest book. And it's called March to March. And it basically he took uh, the back roads to March, excuse me, back roads to March. And he basically took all of last year and he, he stayed with non-power conferences in the East Coast, uh, the Atlantic 10, the, uh, the Patriot League, uh, those types of leagues, and followed small teams. And the stories about all those coaches all the way t- to the Final Four. 
and it's a nice little read. Again, it'll fill your basketball Jones. You missed the final four. I recommend it. Get a chance, pick it up your bookstore, listen to it, Audible Books. It's a fine little read. And finally, as we've all gone through this, we're, you know, we're going to get past this. And darkest before the dawn, I can give you all those little trite little sayings. But there is nothing stronger than us whenever we faced. We faced world wars. We faced attacks on our nation. We've, tacked, we've faced economic ruin through the Great Depression in 2008. This, we always, always come out of this a little stronger, a little wiser. And we're going to do this, too. So keep your six feet apart. Stay at home. Do the right things. Be courteous to other people. Give them their space. And uh, we're going to be talking to you next week. We'll get through this. If you're really bored at home, there's a backlog of Pardon the Confusion that you can listen to. <laughs> All right, Chris, your final good minute. Yeah, similar to Ernest, uh, you know, just stay at home. Uh, I, you know, and, and with that, I, th I think everyone's heard, you know, to stay at home. But, um, you know, from a mental health standpoint, I would say just try to exercise. I know going outside uh, or seeing other people is, uh, you know, maybe against the rules or whatever. But try to exercise. With exercise, it just it helps your it helps your, uh, you know, just everything. Where's Jack, Jack Lalane when we need him? <laughs> oh. Jack no, Lane. Chris just, has no idea who Jack Lalane is. I do not. Uh, that's that's uh, that's that's an old person, just like you are, Ernest. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Exercise He was one of the proponents of. of uh, oh, you know, I think I remember. I think I remember him from uh, one of those infomercials. But yes, I have I have some uh, some bands that I use for some wrist, you know, some curls. I try to. I, I've been on a twelve day. Running. Not the beer curls, right? Not with no, the beer glass. I mean, curls. those don't count, but yes, I, I don't I don't count those, but yes. So I, I've been running for a mile every every day for the past twelve days just to just get my energy up, just to get my 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 mind right. So just get out there, just do something. Uh, um, stay away from people, but that we will pass this and hopefully uh, you know, by the fall we're we're all together and we can we can celebrate the you know, the NFL, the NCAA football, and, and get back to normalcy. Hey, thanks for listening to Pardon the Confusion. I agree with these guys. We'll just get through this. We just got to take care of our families, take care of our health, and we'll get through it. And sports will return, and we'll be watching some great sports, live sports on TV before you know it. So thanks, Ernest. Thanks, Chris, for participating tonight. Hope you enjoyed this version of Pardon the Confusion. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. And have a great night. <laughs>